We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Rep the Mavs Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the Mavs Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right, guys. Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, the Mavs, there are two games over 500. Uh, they've lost their last two games, and uh, not surprisingly, <laughs> that's been with Luka sitting. Uh, had both Luca and KP sitting the last one uh, because KP had played a team high 38 minutes uh, the night before against the. Uh, I already forgot who they played, Matt. <laughs> We've had a weekend, guys. It, it's been a while, but anyway, they play OKC tonight. Uh, it, it seems right now. Uh, I haven't checked the injury report, but. Uh, they didn't show up on the last update, so it seems like they're going to have both Luca and KP uh, back for this one. And uh, I, I feel like this is the first time Luca will have played against OKC this season. Uh, and OKC, since the last time these two teams met, ha- they've gone completely into tank mode and Ethan Melton just said in the chat here Brad Townsend said that Luke and KP are playing so that's good uh like I said OKC they've gone into full-blown tank mode now uh so you would think the Mavs would bounce back and avoid losing their third straight game tonight uh against OKC so 
that'll be good. Uh, we'll we'll get into that and just like the overall state of the Mavs, you know, in the standings and uh, going forward, and how what we feel, <laughs> how we feel about their uh, load management strategy. Uh, but before we get into that, Matt, like you said, we haven't talked about JJ Redick yet. Um, I know there's been some stuff come up about, oh, well, he he didn't want to go to Dallas, and this might be a Derek Fisher-type situation because he hasn't said anything yet and all that. But we've been told, and, I mean, we can't we can't say who or what or anything, but we've been told that nobody needs to worry about it. J.J. Redick, he's going to be a Dallas Maverick. He's going to be, you know, excited to play with Luka and all that. He just uh, – we get the sense that he's waiting to talk about it on his uh, on his own podcast, which I believe drops Wednesday. So – and he's also recovering from a heel injury. Uh, from what I understand, it wasn't a surgical procedure, so uh, I'm not really worried about that. As long as he is, as long as he's back for at least, I'm going to say like maybe the last ten games of the season, just to get him ready for the playoffs, uh, I- I'll be fine with it. But overall, given what the Mavs had to work with, because we knew they were limited, we wanted them to do some bigger things at the deadline, but. The, the problem is they just they didn't have the ammo to do what we wanted them to do. Uh, but I, I'm glad that they did something with James Johnson's contract. That was the one thing I had said uh, that I wanted them to do, and they turned it into J.J. Redick, who I think will absolutely help this team uh, both on the court and in the locker room with his uh, extensive playoff experience. So what do you think about the J.J. Redick trade? And I'm excited about it. I know some people are – a little hesitant on it because of the injury and because of, um, you know, his age and, and all that stuff. But I mean, I don't know. And I don't know what they're going to, where, where they're going to put him in the rotation. I don't know if they'll, if they'll start him. I doubt they'll start him, but then if they, if they bring him off the bench, I don't know what that does for Tim. It, it'll be interesting to see either way. Um, I'm excited because it gives you like a legit elite, shooter like one of the best shooters in NBA history shooters who yeah he's a little older but he's you know I think he's shot what 40 you said it was 47 percent over the last 15 games he played before his injury so (laughs) yeah see he uh, was was he was so bad earlier this season I remember us talking about the possibility of the Mavs trading for Reddick and we were both wondering like is this dude washed because he started out the season super slow for the Pelicans he was part of the reason why they started off the season as slow as they did. And then he he really started to pick it up. Like you said, like 46, 47% over his last 15 games before he had the heel thing. So he, he's still got it. Uh, yeah. He's healthy. And he can move around. He can still help this team, and I'm excited to have him. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw what Doug McDermott did in this offense. So if Doug McDermott can do that, J.J. Reddick should have a field day, and he's going to open so many things up for for Luca and for KP just because of the threat of his shot and the way he moves around. So, And I saw a stat, too. I sent it to you. I, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but maybe it was Synergy uh, tweeted out a stat that nearly 90% of J.J. Like – J.J. Reddick has made nearly 90% of his wide-open catch-and-shoot jump shots this season. That is that is insane. That's like the anti Dorian Finney Smith. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of what I'm hoping happens. 
Um, and you know, tell me if you feel differently. I'm, I'm not opposed to anything. Hey, but- before you say this, Christian in the chat, he just said JJ Reddit just put Dallas, Texas for his location on Twitter. So see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Uh, thank you, Christian. But, um, so my, my, my idea would be to slide him into the starting lineup when he's healthy and have your starting lineup be Luca, JJ Reddick, Josh Richardson, and then KP and whoever want, you know, Maxi, whoever you want to put at the four. Right. Uh, and then move Dorian back to the bench where I think he'd be a little bit more comfortable and have Tim coming off the bench as your sixth man. So your, your second unit is, is Jalen, Tim and Dorian and, eventually hopefully Willie comes back because I'm tired of watching Powell. Um, <laughs> and that's, I think that's much better. I, I think that, you know, yeah, the second unit, they, they, they've, been, they've basically been playing seven years that are NBA players. And now they can move another guy back into the secondary rotation and help them, you know, with their depth a little bit and give them some added, you know, uh, talent off the bench as opposed to relying only on Tim and, and Jalen. And I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think whatever they have to do to where Reddick's minutes line up with Lucas, I think is, is your best option there because like I said, the main thing is getting that heel healthy because if he's, if he's a hundred percent, you know, the way he moves off the ball, like, I don't know if you've ever just watched him, Matt, but he will make you tired just watching him move off the ball. He never stops. He's one of the, he's one of the most in shape dudes in the league as far as like, you know, his, his stamina during the game running around. Like he, he just never stops. It's tiring to watch. That's a good thing for the Mavs because he'll be coming off of screens and he runs around like a rabbit. (laughs) Right. Right. And I mean, he, the three-point shot, the the elite three-point shooting is a plus, but he has the ability to you know take it to the rim a little bit too. Um, I've, I saw uh, Panda Hank on Twitter. He he posted a video uh, with his highlights from this season, and he's got that little where he'll he'll like throw the ball back like he's doing a fake pass to somebody, and <laughs> he'll trick people and go in for a wide open layup stuff like that. So he can do a little bit of that too, and. Uh, I think it was Brad Townsend that uh, tweeted out a, a picture the other day showing that Reddick has more playoff experience game-wise than anyone on the Mavericks combined. <laughs> so uh, I think he's definitely going to help once it uh, once the postseason gets here. And let's see, just looking at the chat real quick. Let me see what I let's see. Ethan Melton said is Melly. Nico Melli expiring contract. Yes, he is. Uh, he, I don't. I, I put. I said this the other day. I have. I don't have any expectations for Nico Melli, but it would be very Mavs to squeeze something out of a European forward that not many people know about. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and he he's had some moments in the NBA. One of them was against the Mavs. He hit like a game tying three with a few seconds left last season, I believe, or maybe the season four. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Melly, I don't, I don't see him being a factor for this team this season, 
mm-hmm. but I'm not going to shut the door on it, Matt. I, I think uh, – Hear me out. If push comes to shove, I think he could be better than Powell. I'll put it that way. That's what I, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I would – especially with Willie out, I, I would slide him in there. I mean, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. I do think it's funny that, that people are like – when the when the trade happened, people were like, the Mavs acquired two shooters, and it's like, well, he shoots 18.9% from three. I don't know if that qualifies as him being a shooter. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, anything's better than Powell at this point, in my yeah. opinion. Um, and I, Look, the in, last game. I'm, I'm in the event that they don't play the young guys, which they're not still, <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to get minutes. So hopefully he can do something with those minutes. That last game against New Orleans was so frustrating to me because, man, Rick is so hard-headed. He is so hard-headed, man. He, it's the second, night, the second night of a back-to-back. Luca and KP are out, and you're on the second night of a back-to-back, and he runs an eight-man rotation, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming off the bench, and then the only other two players that come off the bench are Trey Burke and Dwight Powell. And then Powell puts up zero points, one rebound in 17 minutes. That's just unreal, man. I cannot yeah. believe he didn't go with the young guys against New Orleans. You're going to lose anyway. Right. I mean, how can you say, well, oh, I didn't, play the, I didn't play the young people because we're trying to win the game. But then you look at what Dwight Powell did, and it's like, dude, how could you get any worse? <laughs> You're telling me like, Tyler Bayless was scored a point. Yeah, right. You're telling me that Tyler Bay or Josh Green couldn't go in there and play for 17 minutes against the Pelicans and put up more than just one rebound and nothing else in that that amount of time? That's unreal, man. I that, I was very upset about that. Uh, I'm not surprised, given you know what's happened earlier this season in that same situation. But oh man, it was something. I don't know. I I feel like there's a disconnect between Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson, you know, cause Donnie, he has said multiple times how much he loves these young guys. Uh, everybody thought that they. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, nailed the draft this year with... uh Josh Green, Tyler Bay, and Tyrell Terry. But I just don't know how these young guys are supposed to grow. I don't know how these young guys are supposed to grow if they're not given a chance in those type of situations. I'm not saying play them 
15, 20 minutes every game. But on the second night of a back-to-back, when, when you're without your two stars, you have to let them play in those situations. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Hey guys, it's Matt again. This time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description in the box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Hold on. I think we have a speaker request here. Jesse. Yeah, our guy Jesse. Hold on. Jesse, what's uh, up, man? How you doing, guys? Pretty good. Um, yeah, I have a question. I want your perspective on this. Like, you know, if you if you look at our, you know, our team rankings, we're like 26 in offensive re- rebounding, uh, 28th in assists, and uh, 30th and field goal attempted, which basically means we're not really um, moving the ball a lot. Uh, we are playing that more heliocentric role with Luca, and I feel like it's detrimenting. Like it's making some of the other teammates not, you know, perform as well. Um, like you're seeing players like Josh Richardson put up stinkers for the last few games. Uh, when we won against Denver, we really moved the ball a lot. Um, you know, and, and, and you have situations where, um, you know, we're one of the best teams in, in not turning the ball over, but we're one of the worst teams at getting turnovers, um, and enforcing turnovers. It just seems like we lack a lot of playmaking and like, and ball movement. Do you think that that is a Rick problem or do you think it's more on loop? Uh let me. I have a quick take on this, and then I'll let you take it, Dalton. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Mavericks just don't make open shots. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. Uh, I, but I'll let you take the rest, Dalton. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, look, as far as the uh, 
as far as the turnover stuff goes, I mean, I, I'd put it more on Rick than Luca, in my opinion, because, you know, it's like you take, you take that last game, for instance, and I'm not going to, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, so to speak, but against New Orleans, when you have guys like Josh Green and Tyler Bay who have shown what they're capable of, especially on the defensive end, uh, you know, we saw it when they were in college. We saw it uh, in the G League when they had their assignments there this season. They're really good defenders, and they make plays on that end. And to not play them in that situation and instead opt to play a guy like Dwight Powell who cannot play defense, you know, he can't even rebound either. He goes for a rebound. It looks like he's playing volleyball. Basketball, uh, Alton. He can't <laughs> play basketball. So I, I I think it falls more on Rick. You know, he he's not putting his team in the in a situation to where they can create more turnovers with the personnel he puts out on the court. So, and I mean, obviously, it makes it harder when you have a guy like Willie Colley Stein that's out. But man, I I just. I don't know. I, I almost feel like it's a gatekeeping type of thing for Rick Carlisle. Yeah, uh, I think he, he 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 respects Dwight Powell. He he probably feels like, oh well, I'm not gonna give these young guys the chance to have these minutes before Powell because they haven't earned it yet. But I mean, we all see it, right? <laughs> we all know that's what. Should well, be well Powell was so important to the offense last year because, like, his screen pick and roll action was number one in the league in points per possession. Uh, Christoph Porzingis was number two. They just don't have that rim running, and that's why they were number one in the league in uh, open three-point shots uh, made with six. So, And that's why they were, they were playing so well. It was pretty much the same style that Utah is playing. Uh, but I do really like Point. the improvements on defense. They were their second in the league in, um, in – uh, opponent assists so the other team doesn't get very many assists whatsoever a lot of that has to do with you know making your rotations and certain things like that and not not defensive lapses so it seems like their defensive IQ is good and that's promising but yeah I do I do agree that we need to give the rookies a little bit more run and have a little bit more lifeblood and, and ball movement going on to to make it make some more things happen uh, because we can't play Luca. F- 40 minutes a game like this. It's, it's just not. Yeah. yeah and, you know, another thing, this is also, this is, I, I get the, the whole playmaking thing and the whole secondary ball handling thing and moving the ball. And this is why I've been clamoring for another legit secondary playmaker for two years now. <laughs> and um, it would definitely have helped if they would have gotten something like that at the deadline, but you know, they got Redick and I think that's going to help open things up in a different way, which I'm excited about. Um, but you know, playing Powell in, in those minutes, is just, it's not helping anybody. Um, but thanks for your question, Jesse. Yeah, it was a great convo. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. And look, we're going to, we're going to move on to the, to the second part of this. And uh, Jesse, we appreciate it. And if anybody else has anything they want to say, just send us a request. We'll let you up on here, but we're going to transition a little bit and just talk about, the Mavs as a whole, because Matt, I I feel like this front office is a little arrogant. And I I, I feel like lately it's like, okay, we're going to do this. uh, We're going to implement this rest strategy. uh, Like we're a, like we're a defending champion team or a top contender, but they're barely holding on to eighth right now. 
You know, I, I feel like if you're going to do something like that, you need to be further up in the standings than they are. So I'll, I'll get your thoughts on how they're doing this load management strategy. But, I, I mean, I, I just don't think they need to be playing. If you're going to do that, put in the work now while you're, while, you're, while you're within a shot of having home court or at least the fifth seed. And then when you get to May and the schedule lightens up and you've put in the work and maybe you have a little bit of a cushion, then rest your guys before the playoffs. What do you think? I was talking about this earlier with um, a coworker of mine, and it's maddening. They, especially now with you know seventy-two games, there's less margin for error. You're already in a bad spot because you got off to a, a slow start this season. You can't afford to sit both Luca and KP on the same night. You just can't do it. You, you you can't just give away two games in a row when you know being in seventh and eighth place. I, I hate the rule. I think the rule is so dumb. It should be the eighth. The eighth seed is the one that has to do the play in with the ninth. You know, with the nine seed. I don't agree that it should be the seventh seed. Seed should be involved in that. But either way, that's the case now. So it doesn't matter. But you can't you can't take these risks. It's this it's the same thing they did last season when they were when they were doing this load management thing, and it came back to Biden, and they got the eight seed. And it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I don't know if they think that they're going to go on some magical run here in May that's going to separate them from everybody. But even if they think that, that they they don't have the right to think that. They haven't proven that they can be that team that can beat anybody they want, and they can go on a run like that. They can lose on any given night because they're not a consistent team. So, I don't understand who they think they are right now. That they can get, that they can afford to do those kind of things. Yeah, and I'm just I'm looking in the chat here. Uh, Andy Buckner said uh, JJ in regards to JJ Reddick. He said I highly doubt he'll suit up. Andy. We're not worried about that anymore. He changed his location to Dallas, Texas on Twitter. He's, I've heard that he's fine with it, that he just hasn't said anything publicly yet, probably waiting for uh, to do that on his podcast Wednesday. So we're not worried about that anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, we do have another speaker request. So hold on just a second. Christian, we're going to let you in. Hey, what's up, guys? Christian, what's How up? You guys? I'm, I'm doing good. How about yourselves? Pretty good, pretty good. good what you got for us? So I was just going to kind of follow up on exactly what you guys were saying regarding kind of this like smug attitude of we're better than we actually are. Yes. Um, you know, I think I, I get it in the sense of KP resting him. They want to keep him healthy. But I would understand that more if we were locked in or at least really close to a six seed. Because if you think that we need to rest KP for his health, you know, I certainly get that. But guess what? We're in the plan. And we're in all likelihood going to be going up against, uh, you know, Popovich coach team. And if we don't win that one, we're in all likelihood going against uh, Warriors team. Like, A, that's not guaranteed and nowhere close to that. But also you're talking about uh, the possibility of having to play two playing games and then going straight into the playoffs, which I think would 
you know, after this condensed season, regardless if you rest KP on back-to-backs, is a higher likelihood given the stakes of those games, of especially like a contact injury. Um, And actually, I could be, you know, I I just don't think it's actually really thought all the way through. It really Uh, isn't. Because, see, look – that's that's the thing. It's like okay, yeah, we're gonna rest our guys. We're gonna have them ready for the playoffs. But really, if you keep doing it like you're doing it now, and especially if Rick's gonna be stubborn and only play Dwight Powell and Trey Burke off the bench when they don't have Luca and KP, you know the Mavs are zero and three this year when when both of those guys sit. So what Rick's doing obviously isn't working. <laughs> he, he's got to switch it up a little bit and and. You know, if they're if they're insistent on resting those guys, then he's going to have to change it up and try to find another spark aside from what he's been doing. But like you said, that's the concern. It's like, okay, we're resting these guys for the playoffs, but when it comes down to it, you're going to get to the play-in uh, if things keep going the way they're going. And then after the play-in, congratulations, you have a first-round date with the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who wants that? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what are you, you know? What are you actually resting up for? Put in the work now, and get for, yourself better. Get yourself in a better spot in the standings. And then if you can rest the last ten games of the season when the schedule is like super soft in May, then do that. You know that that would be a better way to approach this. I just and look, I hope it pay. I hope this you know arrogant attitude pays off and I hope that with both of Luca and KP completely rested for the playoffs I hope it makes a difference no matter who they play I just I do not see that going very well for the Mavs if they end up playing the Utah Jazz in the first round <laughs> I just I, but it's a, it's the same situation as last year like you're you're putting yourself in a situation to go up against the Clippers last year yeah like and now this, I, I, I just don't get it. Like I, I don't understand where they think they're sitting, where they can get away with this. It's the I same. Get I'm going to do KP. I get it. Like, you never want to play a team nine minutes. I've but seen a few on. people mention this, but it's basically just an issue of the Mavs thinking that they're further along than what they are. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, that and the the delusion that, you know, the guys on the roster aside from Luca and KP are able to win you games <laughs> against uh, teams below them in the standings. I hate to break it to them, but if you're going to rest Luca and KP, your roster automatically becomes worse than the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, and that was <laughs> the Sacramento King or whoever. I think that's one of the biggest things is, too, you know, kind of just what you said, like, they do think they're better than they are. And in reality, with Luka and KP healthy, we have basically seven guys that could play 20-plus minutes. Like, comfortably play 20-plus minutes or maybe even a little bit less than that. So it's an indictment, especially when you consider the fact of, like, even in the draft this year, right? I, I was hoping we get a solid right-away contributor, uh, that can come in and play. And I, when Sadiq Bey fell to us, I was like jumping for joy, getting one of the Villanova guys 
that, you know, even if I didn't think he'd be as good as he is uh, this season with Detroit, um, but, you know, I had the feeling that, hey, he could come in and at minimum, you know, play 10, 15 minutes and could uh, eventually take over for Dorian uh, in that same kind of role of, you know, kind of 3 and D kind of guy, but, you know, just a very intelligent player that comes from Villanova. And so that's what I was hoping we did with uh, our draft this past uh, offseason. And then trying to add, you know, I think everyone also understood that Trey Burke, the bubble Burke, was kind of an anomaly. And to give him two, three years, whatever we did, and um, not really to be able to bring in any real reinforcements to give us some real valuable depth. I think just kind of shows that, uh, you know, mistake that this off or this front office has made both this off season and kind of a more longstanding issue when it comes to accruing that those role players that can be so, so valuable for winning. Yeah, that's a good point, Christian. And we appreciate it too. I'm going to bring up Rye now. Rye, you had something you wanted to add. Hey guys, I hope you guys are well. Yeah, good to have you. Welcome Thank along. You. Thank you, guys. Um, so I wanted to expand on the whole, like, Luca timeline and, like, the Mavs objective or so-called objective right now. Um, there's no doubt that Luca put the team seasons ahead of where they expected to be, and that's part of the whole KP trade. And so, like, we, we were looking at this as a five-year, six-year rebuild with Luca and Dennis, and it, we made the playoffs last year. And I think the issue with that has been the team doesn't know what they want to do. Um, I was with Matt about the whole Goran Dragic, like, get him, he's free, like, you're not losing anything adding a talent like that. He's would be our third, maybe fourth best player behind Tim. And if the team doesn't want to go all in now, why haven't they been accumulating assets if they are trying to wait two, three years in the process? Why aren't you doing what the Thunder are doing or some other teams are doing where we'll add a veteran, but give us someone young, give us an asset. And we can use that to maybe do that Bradley Beal trade in two seasons, three seasons, because um, we have picks. And I think, like, we see Rick going all in with the veterans now, but we don't see that same uh, mentality with the front office of, okay, we're going to get Rick these pieces. Pieces, Because the reality is if you take every the top two players off every single team, the Mavs are on the bottom, if not the yeah. bottom. Yeah, it's really frustrating, man. I mean, it, I don't understand what they were doing in that 2019 offseason. I mean, it's like, you know, they traded for KP at the end of January that year, and then they just mailed it in. You know, they just uh, – they they didn't try – you know, when free agency started, they were having dinner with KP. I mean, come on, that could have waited a few days. You already have the dude. <laughs> He's he's already going to sign the five year max contract. I mean, you don't have to do that at that particular time. But well, the thing is, like, what, every- that, what that showed us though is that you know they already knew what they were. You know, they had it set in stone. Kimba's our first option, and then when that fell through, they waited a week for Danny Green. You know, that it was just just bad decision making. And I was talking with my guy Jay on Twitter. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Most of you on Mavs Twitter know who Jay is, though. And we were talking about how the one we regret the most from that offseason is Boyan Bogdanovich because he would have been an excellent third star on this team right now. He would have been amazing. But 
the Mavs weren't really re- interested in him at his price range. And it's and you look at what's happened since the KP trade, everything has been bad <laughs> from the Mavs front office. Trading Harrison Barnes turned out to be a disaster in hindsight. Until uh, the trade deadline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it, everything's been bad since then. So I don't know what they're thinking, but I told Matt this. I ter- told our uh, buddy Kirk this uh, a few weeks ago, but – this off season is kind of like going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me uh, with the front office. They they have no more excuses. I mean, they've got to they've got to go all in this summer because the next time you know the off season rolls around, Luca's not going to be on his rookie contract anymore. So they got to do yeah, something you, now. And you brought up a great point because like this was the most frustrating part is. KP's on a max, but he's not on a true max. He's on his like uh, rookie right. after rookie deal max. Luca's on a rookie deal, and our bet our third and fourth best players are Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway. And it's just like, what are you gonna do when Luca is on a max deal? And let's say if KP's on the roster still, like, how are you gonna fit anybody else in? And they've kind of like there's still a chance to fix the mistakes from the past, but there's no reason that since Barnes left, that all we have to show for it is Richardson. Four rookies who don't play: Willie Collison and Trey Burke. Yeah, like that's all they've added since Dirk's been retired. And I, and, I, I really, I really hope. That, sorry, sorry, Matt. I really hope that this JJ Redick trade kind of shows them, like, look, <laughs> you you don't have to make a move for a guy who is a third star to make this team better. Because, like I said earlier, if JJ Redick's healthy, I think he's really going to help this team out. And I, I hope that. It turns out that way, and then the Mavs front office is like, okay, well, we don't have to go star hunting anymore in free agency. Let's just, you know, even if we have to overpay, let's overpay and get some more talented players in here to help Luka, and we're golden, you know? That, that's really all Luka needs is talented players around him. Uh, so that's where I'm at, Matt. Yeah, I no, I, I mean, that's – I mean, we've been saying that for how long now? It's just frustrating, and I, I don't understand, you know, what their mindset has been. It's it's it, obviously it's not limited to these last two off seasons. It's it's been a thing for a long time, even before they had Luca. They just don't do anything aggressive enough to to make a difference. So what do you what do you expect them to do next? Like this off season? I mean, that's 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 a difficult thing for me because I. I know everybody is going to go into this next off season with this, you know, excitement and just, even though it's not a great free agency class, you know, people are going to, Ooh, what are the Mavs going to do? Free agency market, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I, I got nothing. Like I have, yeah. I have zero feelings towards it because I don't think they're going to do anything at all. Like they're going to find some other version of Josh John- or um, of Johnson. They're going to find some other version of, you know, West of one do, and they're going to be like, well, we really like these guys. We feel like they're underutilized, under whatever their bullshit jargon is. And away we go into next season. Like, yeah. When it, what it comes down to the state of this team right now, despite all the mistakes that they've made, you know, since the KP trade, despite all those mistakes, they're still in a good spot, in my opinion. They can't. They just absolutely can't mess up this this upcoming off season. Though this is like their last chance, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, they you know they might be able to do 
uh, some trades later on. You know, if it if it just doesn't work out with KP, you know, the longer his contract goes on, the more likely chance you find a trade for him and they do something there. But uh, this is like going to be their last chance to make things work with Luca and KP and building around both of them this off season. So, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope it goes well. You know me, Matt. I'm pretty optimistic about anything when it comes to the Mavs, but uh, people can't really blame us for being a little bit uh, skeptical given what we've seen from this Mavs front office in, you know, a decade now. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, as far as free agency goes, the last time the Mavs had cap space in 2019, uh, Luca was coming off of his rookie year. And now he's, you know, everybody knows what Luca is now. It's not like, oh, well, will he have a sophomore slump or anything like that? Like, they know this dude is for real now. So I'm hoping that that has some kind – I'm hoping that holds some kind of weight this offseason. I don't know if it will. You know, I don't know if that changes the front office's minds on who they, you know, like as players, if they'll even target the correct people, but – uh, as far as players wanting to play for Dallas, I, I really think Luca will make a difference. So, for the front office's ha- sake, I hope that's true. <laughs> yes, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, there, there's a lot of we're going to do a, a podcast later this week, just a normal podcast talking about uh, some of the upcoming free agents. The list is better than what you might think. You know, there's a lot of big guys off the board, but given the roster minus Luca and KP, you look at this upcoming free agency class and it's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> there's a lot of upgrades there, Matt, so we'll see how it goes. Um, guys, uh, we'd love to stay and chat with you a little bit longer, but we got to get going. Uh, like I said, we'll be back later this week, and we're going to do a normal pod and We're going to continue doing these locker rooms at least once a week. So appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And we will see you later this week. Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.